Good evening, and welcome to the Independent News Hour. I'm your host, John Tarleton, editor in chief of the Independent, New York City's lefty newspaper and website. We're online at independent.org, I N D Y P E N D E N T dot O R G. I'm joined by my co host, Amr Gregarian. Hi, John. It's great to be here with you, and welcome to all of our listeners on 99.5 FM and streaming on WBAI.org. We have another fantastic show for you this evening. We're going to speak with George Albro of the New York Progressive Action Network. We're also going to learn about the life and times of a New York City Christmas tree vendor from someone who's run a stand for many years. And we'll talk about New York City public schools and their disappearing libraries with the Indies' Ben Mankoff, who writes about this in the new issue of The Independent. That's right. We hit the streets last week with our December print edition of The Independent. You can find it in our red and white news boxes across the city and scores of public libraries, independent bookstores, cafes, laundromats, social movement centers, etc. And if the paper isn't near at hand for you to find, you can go to independent.org and become a subscriber and get every issue delivered straight to your mailbox. And uh, I, I had the opportunity to, to write our cover story this month. Yeah, you had a great cover story that really sort of brought to light all of the fumbles that the New York Democrats made leading up to this recent midterms election. You know, different outlets uh, w- w- sort of hypothesized about s- different singular reasons why this happened. But you sort of brought all all the steps together and laid it out. Right. Uh, uh, many tributaries, uh, you know, uh, pouring into a, a larger stream uh, uh, that that led to these uh, setbacks that really handed uh, the House of Representatives in Washington uh, to the Republican Party. If the if the Democrats had uh, succeeded in their redistricting plans and which they failed badly at. And then if they had run uh, competent campaigns, uh, especially in the suburbs outside of New York City where they lost so many seats, uh, you could have as many as seven more Democrats uh, heading to uh, Congress from New York, which would be the uh, majority, would give the Democrats a majority. Instead, we're going to have, you know, people like Lauren Boebert and Marjor- Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, leading all sorts of uh, 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 deranged uh, uh, witch hunts uh, <laughs> um, in, in Congress for the next two years. And, and I mean... I mean, it really was, in part, it was a comedy of errors. You know, a lot of these uh, high profile uh, politicians that are mentioned, uh, like Kathy Hochul, Sean Patrick Maloney, Eric Adams, et cetera. Uh, I mean, they, I mean, they, they really, uh, you know, sort of made their own selfish calculations and, and just ended up undermining uh, so much work uh, that, that needed to be done. And, um, yeah, sort of a comedy of errors, but also, you know, with uh, a huge uh, uh, national uh, implications, and and, um, uh, and and you know, one thing that was struck by you know also was uh, a recurring theme uh, with the Democratic Party establishment here in New York is an aversion to the left. They can barely muster any energy to fight the right because they're uh, so concerned uh, about the the progressive or left wing uh, base of the party. Uh, you know, gaining an upper hand and actually pushing uh, 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 policies that would benefit uh, the working and middle class uh, people here in New York. And on that note, I'm really excited to be joined by our first guest uh, today, uh, George Albro, uh, co-chair of the um, uh, New York uh, Progressive Action Network. He was also a co-founder of the 
uh, New York Working Families Party in 1998. So a veteran of many struggles to uh, try to get the Democrats to uh, live up to their, uh, you know, progressive uh, uh, posturing. Uh, George, welcome to the Independent News Hour on WBAI. Uh, thanks so much, John. Um, nice to be here. Yeah. So uh, uh, quickly for starters, what's your assessment of, of why the Democrats uh, uh, p- perform so badly uh, in the midterms uh, here in New York, unlike in most of the rest of the country? And and to what extent do you think uh, this sort of aversion to the to the left and the progressive base of the party uh, drove this failure? Well, I mean, your article really laid it all out. I got to say, it was a wonderful article um, and uh, laid out all the the different permutations and what led up to this. But I, I think um, you got to remember that the Cuomo administration um, really had no desire to elect Democrats at all i mean the the during his administration new york lost democrats in the congressional um in the congressional delegation um the and he converted the entire party as a um really a cheering section for his own private interests uh so for example, he kept the IDC in power, which kept the Republicans in power in the Senate for something like eight years. Uh, Hochul was his uh, lieutenant governor, and neither of them had any problem with that. It was when the left got together with the Working Families Party in the lead, uh, where we took out the IDC in 2018, finally Democrats got in, in, in power. You know, they, the Democratic leadership always accuses the left and progressives of, you know, being uh, uh, for disunity and for not being loyal to Democrats. And it's the exact opposite. <laughs> it's the left and the and the progressives which work to elect Democrats and people like Cuomo um, interfered in that. And, and then you had them trying to destroy the Working Families Party. Right. Um, uh, and uh, and, you know, uh, the state committee being really uh, taken over by um, people who were completely loyal to Cuomo. Um, so you have all these different things going on uh, over the last 10 years or so. Um, and. um what happened during this election was that the narrative that Adams and others uh, were were uh, you know selling about crime taking over the streets and and the left having to do with it they never they never countered that um, and so the Republicans um, were able uh, with the help of Ron Lauda's eleven million dollars and dark money. Um, mm-hmm to seize on that message. Um, that was a big part of it. Um, so if you look at the turnout, the Republicans turned out as if it was a presidential year, 62%, I think the Republican turnout was, uh, and the re- Democrats turned out in the forties mm. and there was no party apparatus in motion to get turnout. 
uh, up in the Democratic area. So each of those four congressional losses were in in districts where Biden carried by double digits. Right. And, and talk a little bit more about the the um, problems with the New York, particularly New York Democratic Party, uh, New York Democratic Party leader Jay Jacobs uh, and, and the letter that was signed by more than 1000 Democratic office holders in New York calling for his resignation. So, so yes. let, um, who is uh, he and what's the fixation on him? Well, you know, I. The the uh, the dirty little secret that New York Democrats really love Republicans <laughs> became and and do not and as John pointed out are are so into destroying progressives that they don't really care about fighting Republicans. I mean that became a national story, right? Because they uh, losing those seats cost the House. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing in American politics, right? I mean, they will now, in they are in a position to block every bit of legislation that the Democrats, that Biden, that uh, that want to uh, advance, even if it could advance in the Senate, they could block that in the House. So, so they're not happy about that. Um, and so um, there was a letter put together that um, uh, a group of people on the state committee who are progressive uh, recently elected um, and uh, put together and was signed by uh, a thousand mostly Democratic Party um, office holders, um, state committee people, county committee and individuals Um including some people who are not the usual suspects, right? You know, um, people like Liz Kruger, Andrew Gennardis, you know, who the, are the normie Dems. Yeah. Considered more moderate. And, and it um, was the normie Dems who, who, who lost, who, who, who uh, suffered the most in Southern Brooklyn and, and then out in the suburbs. It wasn't the, the left candidates that. That's right. The left, the left candidates all did very well. <laughs> they all got reelected. Um, and, you know, similar to Fetterman in Pennsylvania, right? Mm-hmm. Fetterman had a pretty good agenda uh, and was campaigning uh, on, you know, what we would consider, and certainly for Democrats, um, uh, you know, a more progressive platform. Uh, and he won. Um, and there was an interesting article about how he got uh, some, you know, blue-collar workers who were Trump supporters to go back and vote Democrat in Pennsylvania. And that was like a difference in that race. But yes, um, uh, you know, it was people in Long Island, two seats lost in Long Island and two in the Hudson Valley, um, both of which um, Democrats um, uh, should have won. Um, right. Now, um, before you have to go here in a minute, um, can, can you give us, I guess, a, an update on where things stand with the the, the letter, uh, does that still have a momentum behind it? Yes, uh, it has. Where a lot do you of see momentum. this going in the next few weeks? I, I know there's a, a lot of different groups uh, uh, now uh, vying to offer uh, a replacement for Jacob Jacobs, but I mean, some of these potential replacements don't sound uh, very promising. Well, you know, by by operation of rules of the state committee, if Jay Jacobs was to resign or or, or otherwise be removed, um, uh, the successor 
uh, would be uh, the chair of the executive committee of state committee, which would be Chris Quinn. Uh, you may have remembered Chris Quinn, the uh, engineer of the coup d'etat in New York, which uh, saw Bloomberg ignore the people's uh, term limits. Yeah, she was the city council uh, speaker who ushered council. in that third she was, term. She was the speaker of the city council, and she engineered that for Bloomberg, um, which apparently no one objected in the uh, in the press and all the Bloomberg's rich friends, including Ron Lauder. Um, but um, the independent objected, I can tell you that. But um, yeah. So I, I think where we're at now is that a lot of people are seeing that the Jacobs has to go. But that's not sufficient. It's necessary, not sufficient. What has to happen is that the New York party has to democratize and it has to have reforms that are way, way overdue so that we have, uh, you know, we have a party that we get at least the, you know, county committees and the mass people uh, who are part of it could have some say in how it's run. And maybe we'll start winning races again that way. Right. Something for uh, both the progressives and the normies to uh, uh, benefit from in the Democratic Party. Um, and, and there's certainly uh, parties that have revived themselves. I mean, in some of those uh, Rust Belt states like Michigan and Wisconsin that uh, went to Trump six years ago. I mean, they've really rebounded and, uh, and we've seen right. a much more dynamic leadership there. But if I could um, mention one other thing, John, uh, quickly, there's a petition to get rid of a uh, replace Jay Jacobs uh, signed by just normal voters. OK, and if your listeners go to nightpan.org, uh, where, um, you know, hosting that petition, uh, you could sign. We have about 2000 signatures already and we we tend to get uh, much more and uh, deliver that to the governor. OK, uh, noted. Uh, and. Uh, Georgia Albro, co-chair of NIPAN, New York Progressive Action Network. Thank you for joining us on WBAI radio this evening. Thank you for having me. Take care. You bet. All right. We'll be back with more after this short music break. Da-da. 